0: This podcast is sponsored by Oasis Aqua Lounge. Join our online community of sex positive swingers and individuals looking to make connections while we are all stuck at home. We host events seven days a week and have hundreds of active members to meet and mingle with. Head to members.oasisaqualounge.com to join the party today. Oh my God. Oh my, oh my, oh my. God. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome to Sex News with Ray. I'm your host, Ray, and today we're joined again by Lady Pim, professional dominatrix and host of the Bed Post Podcast. Why, hello, Ray. How are you? I'm doing great. I just peed. Had some water. Me too. Yeah. Wow. Rehydrated. I did something really bad earlier this week. This is how you know you've been working in your job for too long. I was at my kickboxing class and outdoor, COVID safe, blah, blah, blah. And uh, one of my friends is there. She was like, oh, we're outdoors and there's no bathrooms because we're not at the gym, but I really have to pee. And I just took a turn and went, oh, here, and then opened my mouth. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, by the way, I don't like water sports. I was just being funny. <laughs> just trying to be cheeky. Yeah. Not only did she not get the joke, I was like, oh my God, I am in public. I need to remind myself where I am. Rain myself in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Just a little.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. like there's me in a public park the other day. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I was just fully ready to like publicly pee because there were no washrooms available. And I was like, oh, yeah, most people are not cool with seeing
0: someone peeing in public. public. (laughs) But what happens when it starts as a pee, but then it becomes more than that, but you're in public, like it's not a good (laughs) risk. I've heard that men don't have that problem. (laughs) I think I...
1: (laughs) I somehow your body like understands that you're, you're like in public. a bush. You're only in a bush, you know, or you're in a shower doing it over a gentleman who has paid you it a knows. lovely rate. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I think your body is able to sort it out, <laughs> knows you're not in private, you know. Hi, mom. So, <laughs> hi, family.
0: Hello. Today in sex news, we are talking about an interview with the New Zealand Prostitutes Collective. It's literally <sighs> called an interview with the New Zealand Prostitutes Collective. Okay, the source is The Critic, April 4th, 2019. And I think, like, it's literally just like a very small New Zealand website that that did this interview. Okay. So, 2003, the Prostitution Reform Act was passed... New Zealand is the only country, this is in New Zealand, New Zealand is the only country in the world where there is a law focusing on the human rights and well-beings of sex workers. So that's how you ended up with the NZ, or NZ, because we're in Canada, the NZPC, New Zealand Prostitutes Collective, and it's the closest thing we have in the world to a sex worker union. Yeah, wow. They have civil and legal rights, health and well-being, education for all individuals who fall under the sex work umbrella. So this article is an interview with, I think it's pronounced Sharita? Sharita? from the NZPC, and the main objective of the NZPC is to provide sex workers with support and education, and it's facilitated by other sex workers. It's a peer-based organization. Oh, love. Their main goal is to break down the stigma to create a respectful environment that's supportive. Oh, but it's still supportive of anonymity. So even just because just someone's a sex worker doesn't mean that they expect you to come and reveal your identity.
1: Good. Ideal.
0: Their resources are available to everyone. Cam models, full-service sex workers, erotic dancers, sugar dating etc. When a new worker contacts the NZPC, they get education on sexual and reproductive health. And that's it. Basically, you show up, you say, I'm a sex worker. They give you resources. That's it. The article section interview compares New Zealand to Spain and Italy, because in Spain and Italy, sex work is legal but unregulated. That means it's hard to access resources and legal support. Then it talks a bit about how in France and Canada, sex work is legal, but purchasing sex is illegal. And it says, this is a quote from the article. The issue with this model is it creates a two-tiered system where there are individuals working legally, then there are all others working illegally. In many cases, the people who are able to get jobs legally are slim, young, and white. This leaves most other sex workers who aren't the above in a dangerous position. They're not able to access the rights and and protections that those working legally possess, which deepens the stigma. Only the shiny, presentable side of sex work is acceptable, and anything slightly outside of those parameters is still considered taboo. And I feel like that's a good summary of everything we also talked about last week. So Totally. Yeah, I love this. Right. And then you've got the New Zealand model, the decriminalization of all sex work, which has allowed this union to form. Because theoretically with this you cannot coerce sex workers to do anything they don't want to do because you can't say, well I'll go to the police if you don't do this right? Yeah, which is always the threat. Oh here's a good part. Brothels and employers are required to have employee contracts. So you're not a freelancer. you have a contract with with a brothel. You're on salary yeah or wow. at least an hourly you know what I mean like yeah, the idea yeah, that yeah, you have yeah. legal rights and protection sex work is recognized as legitimate work. Employers and employees must practice and promote safe sexual practices enforced by the Ministry of Health. Amazing. Would
1: you join a sex worker union or start one? You know what? That's very, it's a really lovely idea, isn't it? Right. (laughs) To actually live somewhere where you can enjoy all of the positive things that come through like being just like part of a legal working union. Like, oh, my God, that's like.
0: Yeah, the employee contracts aren't even part of their union efforts. It was just, oh, this is legal. Great. Let's let's give resources to people. Love it. Totally love it. Because,
1: I mean, we do have sex worker resource centers here in Toronto, for instance, but nothing like on this scale or that can do as much as I'm sure this is doing.
0: Okay, so one thing mentioned in this article that I didn't mention in the summary is they talk a bit about how one of the reasons they give out resources no matter what is because you'll have people becoming sex workers but they don't actually know about sex ed they don't know how to put on a condom properly oh wow like I was teaching someone the other day how to put on a condom and I'm like you pinched a tip and they kept letting go and I was like no you keep that tip pinched people don't know that right like I by the way I didn't learn that in high school they didn't teach that to me because I was a girl anyway nope. I didn't learn it either yeah, so I guess here it, it talks about giving sex workers health information, those basics. So I guess the question is, do all sex workers consider themselves sex experts or sexual health experts? And I know what my answer on that is, but I would love to hear yours.
1: <laughs> I think no, of course not. We don't. <laughs> we don't think that. I I know there are some sex workers that do think that, and maybe rightfully so, depending on their specific kind of individual. Uh, experiences or work history like maybe they've worked in, in in another industry that can cross over to this so they can consider themselves uh, you know a specialist or whatever in a certain type of sex work but that's that's a really interesting question because like in a way like we are facilitating, you know I mean sex work is so broad, right? If you talk about just the purely sexual side of it then uh, it looks, one way but a lot of service providers do kind of add in all these other elements uh where it's kind of a rounder experience where it's like nurturing and allowing for authentic expression so a lot of people might see themselves that way i don't like to call myself an authority on anything once again because like i think it- Sex is something like art. It's something that you can never be really be a master of. It's something you can always be it's learning, always subjective. even as a professional. Right. Exactly. One person ex- exactly. might love your art, another person might hate it. Hey, there you go. Yes, totally. You know, I'm constantly also trying to learn more things to be able to be a better provider as well. Like I do work I put a lot of money into actually learning about sex work. And I still don't call myself a sexpert. I wouldn't say
0: that. I don't know. What is your opinion? I'm leery of anyone who calls themselves a se- When I, First of all, if someone says I'm a sexpert, I'm like, what kind? There's a few things. I actually, <laughs> people don't know this about me, but I hmm. have chosen to make my full-time life job talking about sex in different ways. Yeah, me too, basically. Yeah, I actually was seeing a career counselor and they're like, what do you care about? I'm like, Sex destigmatization They're like, okay. And then I looked into all the avenues that you can become a sex educator, and there's so many different ways you can do it. But I also had to do research into like what other people were doing. And some of the things that I found is some like I'm going to say sex educators because that is literally like, like you would consider them a expert potentially.
1: Yeah, like I'm like I'm a kink educator because I like I teach classes and workshops
0: surrounding kink. But I wouldn't call myself an expert, a kink expert. No. So some people become sex educators because they have a master's in sexology from this one university in Australia that I was like, a master's because I love it academia sometimes and I mm-hmm, got excited mm-hmm. and I was like no 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 debt no debt but that was one you have people who get they start off in they basically get an undergrad in sociology or psychology and then they do a master's where they specialize in something sex related right but like the idea be and then you know they're psychologists and they do research and they're academics so there's that more academic or
1: and they're sexologists too like yes board certified sexologists
0: then you have the people who went into the sex industry and as part of that started educating people right what I've noticed is a lot of the people People who consider themselves sex experts or sex educators that are about sex—it's always about teaching female pleasure and finding your body and connecting and like tantra. But like a lot of people, they're pleasure experts. Right. So I also had someone once ask a lot of detailed questions about an STI, and the truth is, I know I'm like one of those generalists who knows a little about a lot of different subjects, yeah. but I'm also not a doctor. And they were asking yes. me for medical Very information. Orange.
1: Yes. I'm not a doctor.
0: (laughs) I also am not, like, I didn't go to med school. So I can tell you what I've learned based off of the information that I know. But I didn't have to look at cells under a microscope. Exactly.
1: Yeah, that that ends up being a thing like your dom is not your therapist. Yeah, that's also a thing that I deal with pretty regularly. It's like, yeah, I do incorporate like wellness domination into my practice a lot. But I for sure am not a therapist. I'm not your therapist, right. and nor am I any sort of like health medical professional. Yeah.
0: So if someone was going to ask, like, am I a sex expert or a sexual health expert? My answer is no, because I'm not a doctor. I'm a generalist. I'm an educator. And I'm an event planner, and I'm a resource connector, and I'm a facilitator, and I'm a content creator. And all of these things are what's under that umbrella of sex educator. Mm -hmm. But I also happen to know for a fact that if you ask me how to give a hang job, I can teach you the basics, but it's up to you to figure out how to become the sexpert for your partner. Certainly. And that's
1: kind of very interesting of like lived experience versus academic experience, right? It's like, I'm sure you could go to school for very many years and still not have a lot of the quote unquote education that some sex workers who have just been doing sex work for a decade. Right. No.
0: You know what I mean? It's yeah. different
1: types of learning and different types of education and knowledge. Right.
0: And one is not better than another in my mind.
1: I don't think so either, even though I mean, they spend a pretty penny on their education and I'm not going to like minimize that. But also the stuff that is done,
0: you know, in the tactile, at yeah. the tactile level is also uh, very valuable. Uh, So fun fact, my husband is a professor. He works in academia. And he was working on his PhD. And he was basically telling me that when people say, you're so smart, because you're getting a PhD, he was like, I know a lot about a pinprick's worth of a subject. One thing. I know a lot about that one thing. There are lots of other people who know a little bit about a lot of things. That you know what I mean? Like I'm not the smartest person in the world because I know a lot about one thing. So I think there are sexual health experts out there who know a lot about sexual health. There are a lot of people out there who are probably sex experts in that they know how to give the perfect hang job to everyone, right? But sex as a topic is so big. There's going to be more than one way yes, to be a so sexper. broad. I actually have had people come to me and ask me questions about things. I'm like, have you heard of the Bedpost Podcast or the Savage Cast? That's a better place to address <laughs> your question. And
1: I mean, that's also why I kind of did my podcast It's because I don't know everything, but look, I can like curate all of these right. guests who know all these different things. And if you listen to the podcast, then you can learn from all these people because like, I'm right away going to acknowledge that I do not Know everything as far as sex goes. Even though I'm a professional dominatrix, I am a kink and sex educator. I most certainly am not a sexpert
0: or right. kink expert. I would not trust anyone who calls themselves a expert. What I will say yeah. though is you can go to someone for resources and they can connect you to all of the great resources. There's tons of websites. That's totally fair. And that's basically from what I can see with this what this union does. They're connecting people to resources. They don't need to be the expert because they've collected all the information from other experts, aggregated it, and are now making sure that you have what you need from that. I think it's also interesting, the idea of like, what are the basics of sexual health information that a sex worker would need to know? Safer sex practices. We'll make Mm -hmm. sure that everyone knows them just in case. Mm -hmm.
1: But also as far as like like physical sexual health uh, practices, for sure. But also things like Maintaining boundaries, like that's safety in a different way, right? Right.
0: Not letting people know your last name if you don't want them to find you.
1: Well, that too, but also being able to say, no, I do not offer that service. Right. Even things like de-escalation, all different types of safety basics that you're going to need to know as a sex worker, right? Oh
0: yeah. I've never been taught de-escalation techniques. There like, you go. that's yeah, never that's been a thing that's been taught in any role that I've ever had anywhere. But that's a very useful tool for someone to have. Or even know your legal rights. You have a union. They're going to make sure that you know your rights as a sex worker in this country. I would kill for that. Yeah. Yeah. One person to say, here are your rights. Here's what you can do. As said earlier, here's how you file your taxes. Here's how you do this. Sometimes you just want someone else to tell you how to do it because it's so hard to find it yourself.
1: Honestly, this is the one and only time (laughs) I want somebody to just tell me what to do and I'll do it.
0: Right. (laughs) So many people want to follow the law. They just don't know how. Yeah, we just can't. They make it that hard for us. So uh, yeah, I guess too, like someone might be an expert in one, you know what I mean? Like you have a PhD in teaching how to do kink, but- That doesn't mean that you're going to be able to go to someone and say, well, when you get chlamydia, here's the cellular change that's happening in your body. Because those are not the same kind of, that's not the same kind of information. Exactly. Yep. Okay, so the New Zealand model with this union where everything is decriminalized, how can this protect us from the dreaded trafficking?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sex trafficking is so, it's a different beast it's a completely different thing than sex work so I don't know why we keep having to like talk about them in the same breath
0: you know what I mean but that that is the question on everyone's minds all the time is well but how do you but if this is legal then how do we know someone's not being trafficked and it's like well if it's legal then and someone knows their rights then if they're being trafficked they go to the police and say This person is trying to coerce me into sexual activity.
1: Yeah. And you're not going to be dismissed because you're a sex worker or or because the crime is intertwined with sex.
0: Yeah. I think if you're being trafficked, you're being lied to in many ways. It's not. You know what I mean? Like the person who's trafficking you is the person who's lying to you for different reasons. But if it happens to be the kind of thing where no matter where you go, if you're in sex work and you've been you've been trafficked in some way. The narrative of trafficking assumes that you take this innocent person and you just kidnap them and then you feed drugs into their veins and then all of a sudden they're addicted and now they're giving blowjobs for more drugs because you have them addicted. When the truth is, it's a slow process of abuse and predatory grooming. Grooming, Yeah, people are being groomed for it in a lot of situations. People are being taken advantage of. And when you make laws that are about trafficking, that's about preventing the act, but not about preventing the predators from having access to these people, that's the problem. So thank you for saying, why are we bringing up trafficking here? I wanted to bring it up because I know people are probably thinking about it, but you're right. There's nothing here that has anything to do with trafficking at all.
1: Yeah. And I think we have evidence of like when Sest and Fosto, which I know we're going to talk about that in a later episode, but there's evidence of these sex trafficking laws that were happening over just the last like, two, three years, not actually helping trafficking at all, but really harming consensual adult sex workers. So there's a lot of evidence of that, like, okay, in the other models, it's not working either. So why are we lumping in sex workers with sex trafficking? Because it's not serving either of us, actually. Why don't we just decriminalize everything? Like Like sex work, consensual sex work.
0: I'm wondering why people aren't adopting this model in more countries when you have yeah. all the reports coming out of New Zealand that it's effective. And the only yeah. thing that I can say is because it's not actually about trafficking. It's about thinking that sex work is wrong. Yeah, it's the stigma surrounding sex work. And thinking that women, women shouldn't be allowed to have sex for money because we need to, I don't know, protect them. Sex is sacred, all this like moralizing around it. I I just, I can only assume that the root cause is that it's not actually about trafficking. It's about controlling people's bodies.
1: Certainly. And it's, you know, it's all tied in with patriarchy and like religious views and stuff like that. And like, like you said, like moralistic views, right? It's not, it's not about, (laughs) it's not about trafficking. It's about not letting us do with our bodies what we want to do with our own bodies.
0: Yeah, I think when it gets into the moral argument, that's always so fascinating to me because people assume that their morals are everyone's morals. There you go. And that their morals are the correct morals. And how they see the world is how everyone should see the world. As a Jewish person, people will frequently just assume that my value system is the same as theirs when they were raised Christian and their Christian value system. Not all of us were raised with the same morals. Different religions basically have different value systems and don't assume that your value system is everyone's value system. And we especially shouldn't be making laws out of a religious value system. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like I was born Catholic, Christian faith. So I was taught literally nothing about sex ed throughout my schooling. Like you're taught anatomy and that is literally it. And a lot of it is fear-based, right? Anything you're taught on top of anatomy is fear-based and shame-based. I mean, if I just went on the face value of what I've been taught as a youth then I would be thinking that you have to wait till marriage and that is like the one true wayism of sex and you only have sex to procreate which is insane because everyone likes sex most people have sex like so it's just so backwards
0: right and in Judaism, we have a tradition of ribald women getting on stage and talking about dicks. So Amazing. You know, you've got Sarah Silverman is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, totally. Love that. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Anything else on this topic? Any other thoughts on the New Zealand model before we move into a commercial break? Other than, like, when are we moving there? Right. Should we book the flight? I want to add that not only is sex work legal there, that's also where they film a lot of epic fantasy movies. So you could potentially fucking a hobbit hole if you could get away with it and sneak on to their set. I mean, do we need more reasons to go there? I mean, I am hobbit-sized, so, you know, (laughs) I'm going to go with no. Uh, (laughs) No more reasons than that. (laughs) (laughs) They've got accents. They call themselves (laughs) kiwis, and kiwis are a tasty little fruit.
1: I love it. And actually, I know a bunch of sex workers who use Alien, and they are
0: lovely people. So maybe, you know what, when the pandemic is over, maybe we'll just do a field trip to go... uh, (laughs) Go to the sex worker union. Be like, we want your resources. I'm so in. I'm so in. I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. If someone wants to fund me or donate to my OnlyFans or Patreon so that I may go to New Zealand, I will record live from there.
1: Reimburse. Reimburse. Reimbursement opportunity.
0: (laughs) Before we go into a commercial break, a little personal commercial break, I am always looking for reimbursements. If you would like to reimburse me for clothing, massages, literally anything... I would love your reimbursements are you looking for a fin dom lady pym does that but i will do it lightly in the form of reimbursement soft fin dom yes yeah, soft, soft yeah. Fin dom. thank you and on that note time for a real commercial break hey everyone it's your girl ray and i'd like to present to you power move my latest latex collection and short fashion film for this new collection i'm super excited about this project because it combines body positivity latex kickboxing and fashion Unfortunately, the pandemic messed with my income as well as many others, so I've launched a Kickstarter to help support the cost of the film. I would love it if you could share the word or consider supporting me. Head to Kickstarter.com and look up Power Move. Okay. So, our listener question this week actually got changed because we answered, originally I was going to have the how do you file your taxes question for this week, but then we answered it last week just in conversation. Right, right, talking <laughs> yeah. about accountants and whatnot, yes. Yeah, hmm Okay, before I get into the question, how funny is it that I'm an accountant meme? They're like, what do you do? I'm an accountant. Have you seen that? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it started being a metaphor for when you're an actor and you don't want to explain all the labor of acting, so you say, I'm an accountant. But then all of a sudden, sex workers and people with their OnlyFans are like, what do you do? I'm an accountant. Where I'm do you an work? Accountant. Not a place where accountants work. <laughs> work. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's so, a song, right? There's yeah. a song. There is okay. a song. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah. Uh, if I'm going to repeat it again, if you haven't contacted us since last episode, if you're a sex work friendly accountant, for real, not just an yeah. actor, please let us know. <laughs> please, okay. honestly. Today's question. Hi, Ray and Lady Pym. How can Hi. I hire a sex worker? Sincerely, Anonymous. Okay, by the way, I think that we could answer this for Canada, but the answer is different for American listeners. So let us do our best to give an answer for both, since those are probably the majority of the people listening to this podcast right now.
1: Certainly, yeah. I can talk from my perspective for sure. Like, if you want to book a procession with Lady Pym, the things you can do— First of all, for a lot of sex workers, like in my community, we advertise on Twitter. What you can do is look at our pinned tweet, read in our bio, because there will probably be very specific booking instructions in there. And they're, you know, they can be different for everybody. So just double check that. For me, I'm like, if it's anything with virtual domination, email me and I give my email. And then. If it's an in person session, which I'm currently on hiatus from due to COVID, you can go through the Ritual Chamber website where I work, like the physical space where I work. So it's very easy. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter and get a good sense of like my personality and who I am and the type of work that I do if you just like are a follower of mine on Twitter. And then you can very easily see how to book me. I put it in tweets every so often, it's in my pinned, it's in my
0: bio. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. What kind of uh, like hashtags would someone be able to search for on Twitter if they wanted to find a sex worker? You can't put hashtags anymore. They'll
1: just, you'll get deleted. Yeah. It's making you more visible and and uh, you'll get deleted really easily if you use hashtags.
0: Okay. So it's very still like underground. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We used to use hashtags, but uh, people are, sex workers nowadays
0: are not using them at all. How would you find someone then? Like, let's say you want, you've never hired a sex worker before. You're like, Lady Pimp sounds lovely, but I'm not into domination. I just want a full service sex worker. How would you go about that?
1: Honestly, just get on sex worker Twitter. Like I was about to say, well, you can just be like, search your region just in Google, like full service providers, full service sex workers in Toronto. But I mean, if you're on sex worker Twitter, for instance, if you follow me, And you're like, oh, you're not exactly what I'm looking for. You can look at all the people I follow and kind of look through there. So that's something I always recommend. I'm like, I have loads, loads, loads of sex worker friends that engage in all sorts of different types of sex work. So if you follow me on Twitter and then just look at who I'm following, that'll open you up to like so many providers. And one of them is going to be the right fit for you.
0: And once again, even if this is illegal where you are, Like, that doesn't stop people from purchasing and that doesn't stop people from supplying. Totally. So be aware of that. But that's a great place to find someone. And if you're contacting them directly, you know that that's the person that you're hiring. I know that there are also escort agencies in certain places that you could go through if you wanted to, and they'll have pictures up on their website.
1: That's true. Yep, definitely. But there isn't something lately like Backpage was taken down because of SESTA-FOSTA. Yeah. You know, Craigslist Personals was taken down because of SESTA-FOSTA. So there are a lot of places that you can't look anymore. But Twitter, knock on wood, <laughs> is still one of the places you can find us. Yeah.
0: Like, I know that if you go to a strip club, sometimes the women there do offer more. And some of the yep. women do Some don't. people do extras. Some people do, yeah. And that's yep, what it's yep. called, extras. Extras, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I know that there are massage parlors. Same thing, they'll offer extras. Don't expect Certainly. it. Um, and it's not legal, so you gotta, you have to sort of know the language and how to ask and what the secret code is. Like, you need to know the code. And, like, it's so ridiculous because the cops know the code. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. The codes aren't code anymore. Yeah. So why
0: do you even need a code if the code, maybe it's kind of like, I don't even, I don't get it. I think the code
1: is um, more that what platforms look out for are like actual words like sex, sex worker. You know what I mean? Like the, that's like that will get you shut down on Twitter, for instance, if you use like the actual words or Instagram or whatever. Facebook. Instagram
0: is even worse.
1: Yeah. Even my sex educator profile, I've had deleted five times over. Like, really? You can't use the word sex. Yeah. My current, like, because I do the Bedpost podcast which is like a sex podcast. Good
0: to know. Thank you. Yeah,
1: so on my on my Bedpost podcast the only reason I haven't been deleted in the past like year is because I haven't used the word sex once or dildo or vibrator yeah or ass like any anything. It literally has to be the cleanest account. So that's
0: why you have to use the codes because the algorithms aren't finding the codes. I was just talking to my mom today about the fact that like, okay, so the reason I'll do something like a naked show where it's not sex, but Mm -hmm. it's naked on OnlyFans Mm -hmm. is there's two reasons. One, if it's behind a paywall, my family can't accidentally stumble across it and go, oh shit, I was just trying to support my relative and now I'm seeing her butt and I don't want to. And number two is you cannot have naked content anywhere if you're associated with sex in any way or even if you're not you there's literally no such thing as a space where you can just be naked and body positive because it is always associated with sex so you are basically relegated to corners of the internet that are only associated with sex work right um and it's really really frustrating yeah and so it, even then you need to know the code it's a private rant uh <laughs> thank you for listening listeners Okay, so I think that's probably it. Like, you can follow individual sex workers. There are escort agencies. There are extras. There are massage places. You could go to Nevada. Yeah, yeah. you could go somewhere
1: where it's totally legal. Totally legal. Amsterdam, New Zealand. Go to Amsterdam. Yes, exactly. Yeah, go find
0: the, the equivalent of the bulletin board in New Zealand where they're advertising. You can pull the number down.
1: I mean, for me, what I recommend as well is, like, if you just listen to my podcast, I have interviewed so many sex workers over the years. If you're in the Toronto area, especially that's a really great to find out about a particular sex worker. Like I've, I've maybe interviewed a hundred sex workers, yeah. um, here in Toronto. So that's a good way to kind of find out about them too, potentially.
0: Yeah. And then also you get a sense for their personality ahead of time. So it's like a little interview for you. Definitely. Okay. Here's a question. So, um, the screening process that sex workers do, where they make sure that this person's not a murderer, not a psycho, they are who they say they are. Yeah. Very important. If you're hiring a sex worker, should you be prepared to hand over your ID? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Cause people get weirded out when I'm like, okay, I need photo. Like I had someone ask me to do some modeling for a a photo shoot. And I said, what you're asking for is actually quite strange. So I'm gonna need to see a photo of your ID disappeared. Yes. But that is a standard question,
1: correct? Yes, it is. But most people I mean that's a great way to weed out the riffraff, I'll tell you that. By having literally any screening because men are privileged and they're used to getting what they want. So the minute you put up one little hurdle, They're gone. It's like, well, great. I don't want you
0: anyway. Uh, Should you, like, do sex workers provide their own ID in exchange? No, of course not. We can't. We can't. Because then they can find you and stalk you. Yeah, we
1: can't have people knowing our real names or our addresses or our phone numbers, our actual phone numbers, like not our burner phone. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted
0: to point that out. Because that's
1: unsafe for us.
0: Yeah. I don't think people understand that you need to, like, prove that you're a real person and give this person proof Like I should be able to Google your name and you shouldn't come up person accused of murder in 2012, you know? like, (laughs) Yeah. Or I
1: mean, you're looking up block lists. That's the main thing that you're doing. Where would
0: you find a block list? They're private.
1: They're within sex worker communities. So like, for instance, like we are just talking about recirculating a new block list in the like we have a Toronto DOM private Twitter group. And somebody was like, when's the last time we like circulated this? But people add new things to it. La la la. So it's it's. More of that. It's things you can Google too, but it's also you're referencing the block list.
0: Interesting. I'd always wondered where that list was located. Yeah, it's private. Yeah.
1: There, uh, I mean, there are several block lists around like different categories of sex work, I'm sure have their own and stuff.
0: Right. I know that they used to be on Backpage. Exactly.
1: Which is another reason, like, why taking down Backpage was harmful to us, right? Because people don't have public access to that anymore. Right.
0: And it's now like an insular community thing. And it makes it so much harder to figure out if this person is the same person exactly yeah and and the
1: other thing that you mentioned oh like when somebody that wants to engage in sex work with somebody giving their id it's like well we have to put ourselves in an extremely vulnerable position to do sex work with you so if you can't reciprocate that right off the bat then get out of town like if you can't even send me your id and you're asking me to go in a room privately with you and fuck you and you can't even send me your id then Right there, it's like, okay, well, you don't see this as a very equal relationship, and you don't understand the risks that are involved for me as well, and that we're in this together, essentially. It's a big red flag.
0: This is exactly why making things criminalized is a problem, because the kinds of people who otherwise might be perfectly comfortable showing you their idea are now like, well, what are you going to do with it? And like, are you going to photocopy it? And is there going to be a paper trail that we've done this? And this is illegal now. So that's one of the issues with criminalization. Certainly. People who would otherwise be more than happy to exchange that moment of vulnerability now understand that it's so much more. Than just you knowing who they say they are, who they say they are, it's now something you could have over them to blackmail them or whatever they assume it is that you're going to do. And them. I mean, those risks
1: that they're potentially feeling when they're asked to give their photo ID, like those are very common risks, daily risks that we undergo as sex workers. So, you know, you're just doing it for one yeah. day, buddy. So you're I like
0: tough baby. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Boo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, your risk is I bet you'll be outed my risk, too. Well, that I'll be outed and then I'll have no money, no income. Yeah, literally it will destroy my
1: life. Yeah, so you're fine, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I've become a bit jaded. Maybe just a little. (laughs) Jaded, realistic.
0: (laughs) Any last hot tips for our listeners today?
1: Ooh, for finding sex workers? I mean, um...
0: I'll take any hot
1: tip from you, Lady Pim. Hot. They're burning hot. Ow. Ooh, spicy. You know, just like if you follow a sex worker on Twitter, for instance, like that's a really great opportunity for you to get to know them. So like it's understandable that like every sex worker isn't for everybody, but there are so many of us, you're going to find something, somebody you fit with. Like, so honestly following a bunch of different sex workers on Twitter is such a great way to kind of suss out who might fit with you. So I really do recommend that. Uh, lady Pym, where can we find you? Oh, since we're talking about Twitter, I'm at the lady one. You can also uh, find me on Instagram at the lady Pym, or if you want to, um, email me for any booking domination purposes, you could do so at ladypim at protonmail.com.
0: You can follow the podcast at Sex News with Ray on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and submit a listener question through sharewithray.com slash podcast or email sexnewswithray at gmail.com. Follow me personally, the sexpert at uh, just kidding, at <laughs> wifebayray Ray on Instagram and TikTok, and razor latex on Instagram, only fans and Patreon. I know a lot about rubber, by the way, including how to put one on. This podcast is engineered and produced (laughs) by Dave Meisner and is hosted at sexyswithray.podbeam.com. Theme music by Blank and Brilliant. Special thank you to Blue Microphones. Photography for our logo is by Dolly Shots Photography. And because I haven't said it yet this season, my mother runs a very successful daycare. Have a great day. (laughs)